1: Oh yeah, let the buzz begin indeed. Welcome back folks for another Red Sox Rap 360. This is our final Rap 360 for the Red Sox of the season. As they are all done and they are in the playoffs, we're going to talk a little bit fondly, I guess, about this up and down season of 2015. We're going to look ahead to 2016 and uh what's in store for the Red Sox this off season. As usual, I am with the Sultan of the Saber Metrics, Bobby Demiro. Bobby, you want to tell everybody how they can reach you?
0: I mean, I what if I don't want them to reach me?
1: That's cool. Uh, <laughs> well you know I don't have the Twitter so they can't reach us during the show so if anybody wants to shout out a topic there that they want to hear us banter about that's true how and could they do that Twitter
0: and YouTube comments you're not checking those are you
1: YouTube we got uh we got a commenter on there, MW uh, 99 geek or MW2 geek 99. I'm surprised
0: you're going on the internet congratulations mm-hmm. yeah, what's I learned.
1: it like I learned it <laughs> it's kind of, I think it's here to stay I, 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 I yeah.
0: yeah it might be around I'm on Twitter at Bobby DeMuro just my name uh, we'll check YouTube comments too obviously if you guys to comment all week and because they can home, find us
1: on YouTube and iTunes, yeah, YouTube,
0: and- iTunes, hit subscribe anywhere. Mm-hmm. If you're listening or watching, hit subscribe. You can rate us if you're on iTunes, that kind of stuff. Wow. And if you're at home, you should tell us this week because I'm advocating for this. If y'all want to see like a once a month. Winter time Red Sox wrap. We can talk about free agents, trades, whatever off-season moves happen, big free agents that become available, hot stove stuff. So if you guys want to see like once every like four weeks, maybe like the first, I don't know, we can figure it out, but the first Tuesday of the month or something like that, do a big wrap of the previous month of Red Sox baseball. And then, hey man, March rolls around and... We're
1: back let us know in the comment section i have a tendency to uh follow football
0: in football season i'm but, down i'm uh, down for you know, a little baseball once a month i don't uh, know why you wouldn't you know, I, personally i'd do a daily show all winter no i'm just kidding. you can always
1: <laughs> tickle that red sox there's no question about it so oh yes but uh looking back on the season 78 and 84 didn't look like it was going to finish that well you know, halfway through the season, uh, especially after their uh, that losing streak to start the second half. But uh, they turned it around. A lot of good young players on this ba- baseball team that I, I hope are on the team next year. But as anything, new regime coming in, it might be out with the old and in with the new, which would be sad. But who would you like to see on this team next year? Who would you like to see gone?
0: Um, I guess we'll start with the locks. I think the locks are... David Ortiz, Pedroia. I don't think he gets traded. I don't think they would trade him. I don't mm-hmm. think there's even a market to trade him. Um,
1: Nobody wants thirty and hundred.
0: Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's not just that. Nobody wants that from a second baseman at that age with that money. Oh, Pedroia. Like yeah. you can get yeah. you can get yeah. a cheaper second baseman who's going to do well enough. That's not a you know primary position, um, and he's not a bad deal right now for the Sox. It's not like he's an albatross hanging around their neck. Uh, those two are going to come back. You're gonna see guys like Porcello back because you got so much money sunk into that and made after the trade. You're gonna see second level player. You're gonna see Castillo and people like that back younger guys, Bogarts and Bet and all those obvious ones, Betts and all those obvious ones. Uh, you're probably gonna see Josh Rutledge come back. I think he showed enough last year. Now, does he make a major league roster? Come spring training, maybe not, it depends who comes in. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna see Hanley at first, you're gonna see Pablo at third. I don't think they're gonna do very much, especially with the lineup. I don't think they're gonna do anything significant unless they really surprise us. It's the pitching, specifically the rotation that I'm the most interested in. Because right. they can add, they don't need to add a lot, but I think Dombrowski's gonna wanna add a frontline guy. Maybe not even a traditional number one, but a big time pitcher.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of like where it lies. In, in, in looking back at Dombrowski's you know, history, he's more apt to make a trade for that type of guy than uh, go after him in free agency. And when you look at free agency, there's really kind of, I mean, the big names out there that everybody's talking about, Qua- uh, Cueto and, uh, and Price, but you know how we always talk about on the show about buying low and selling high i mean with price finishing the year like he did on fire for toronto nine and one and potentially putting himself in the in the uh Cy young talk for the american league he, it might be he's a little too high right now yeah. and when i look at what he does in the postseason he doesn't show up in the postseason he doesn't have that postseason record is
0: that and, and the other thing i think that the concern with uh any frontline starting pitcher, the Red Sox can do it. They've got the money to do it, and they've got the money to absorb it if it fails. But any time you get a frontline starter, you're paying for three, four, five very good years, and then you're going to pay another two or three or four years where they're going to suck. But you got to eat it because that's the market right now. Right. You're going to give somebody eight years. You're going to give somebody two hundred fifty million dollars. Well, they're not going to be at the top of their game that long. You're, you might use, lose a year to Tommy John. You might lose a year to something else. So you're eating that money. Can the Red Sox eat that money right now with the way that they are? Financially, probably. On the field, they're not one tick away from being a contender. If you're the Dodgers today, if you're the Dodgers whenever their season ends, you say, hey, we're going to sell out for Cueto or Price. We're going to re-sign Granke because we feel we're that close to a World Series legitimately and this guy will push us over the top. If you're the Red Sox... You might get lucky in like 2013. You might have a lucky season where you get hot and the right things come together, but it's not a given. And I think wasting, not wasting, but giving $250 million to something where you need more than just that, that's a risky proposition.
1: Well, I think that when you look back on the 2013 season, it's like... You know, the right free agents were brought in. Yeah. These like high character guys that can bring a lot to the lineup for sure, but also bring a lot in terms of chemistry to the club. Now, for some reason in 012 and 014, we didn't seem to do that. Yeah. In 012, we got bailed out obviously by the Dodgers, so they took away our mistakes. And so now we have a Hanley and a Pablo situation and nobody's going to take those off our hands unless we eat pretty much all their contract. What do you think the possibility is Hanley's in a Red Sox uniform? starting spring training 100%
0: yeah. 100% I think 100% I don't you would have to eat so much money for Hanley here's the thing if you're going to trade Hanley or Pablo maybe we've talked you you're an advocate of Pablo to the Padres because the Padres could use a hitter in the infield like and I get that I think I was Hanley or Hanley, to, yeah, Hanley. okay or Hanley yeah. but the problem now is where do you play him? the Padres have outfielders and they're trying Will Myers at first base so yeah. all of a sudden Hanley may not have a shot there well I mean third base Oh God, you know uh, but but here's the thing either with either one of those guys besides like the perfect situation and even with that, you're gonna eat a lot of money. yeah but besides the perfect situation, trade him to XYZ team, you're gonna eat so much money and then you're gonna try to go get a frontline starter or even a Mike Leake, who's gonna command a pretty penny for what he does. Yeah. it's like, wait a second. You're paying out of both ends. You still owe? Don't you still owe Adrian Gonzalez? No, this year's the last year you're paying Adrian Gonzalez. So at least there's that. Really? You're paying him three point nine this year. Oof! But but this is it. That ends now. Um, but you owe so much. Ends money. now, Adrian. <laughs> you owe so much money to whatever buyout it is with your trade, whether it's Hanley or, or uh, Sandoval. And you're going to try to go get a frontline starter. Forget it. You got to do one or the other. Now Dombrowski could say, "Okay, I'm going to get rid of these two guys, or one of these two guys, and I'm going to eat money, and I'm going to get prospects back, or I'm going to get you know your your guy Tyson Ross. I'm going to get somebody like Tyson Ross back, and whatever. Okay, but that means that 2016, you're probably not going to contend. You'll contend maybe a little bit better depending on who you return, but you're not going to be the team there. You're going to have to plan for 2017 because you're going to eat so much damn money.
1: I mean, I don't know where that factors in on the product of the field. I mean, because John Henry prints money for God's sake. I understand that, but
0: I think think when you get into an arms race with teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Nationals and some of these teams who clearly are already going to spend tons of money... Where does it end? How far yeah. do you want to go? Yeah. You know? I don't want to go far. Exactly. I, I don't exactly. want to
1: go to that seventh year for guys like Price and Cueto exactly. and guys like that. And, like, and even like a Zimmerman who... You know I think the the Sherrington regime was a little more enamored with uh you know Zimmerman than Dombrowski is, but yeah um so i don't I don't see him in the mix, but I would like to see them maybe you know buy low on like you know some veteran guys like a Doug Fisto who had a down year um you know I'd like for them to maybe take a look at leak that'd be nice. Um, but, you know, some other free agent starters I was looking at that are kind of in a lower tier is like, like a Marco Estrada's out there. Mm-hmm. He had a 3.13 ERA and 181 innings pitch this year. So I don't think that the Sox had maybe one starter who put in
0: 181. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pitch. even call that a lower tier though. That's, I mean, that's. I know it's the year of the pitcher, but that's yeah. a borderline elite starter.
1: <laughs> well, that's like probably
0: what one A tier. Yeah, that's, to, that's. You're going to get a lot what, of money. For, what, when you said lower tier, I thought you might mean Kyle Kendrick. <laughs> okay. Oh, <Well, laughs> like, what do you think it would take to get like a Casimir? That's a good question. I think Casimir would still get a lot of money. There's just the market for some of Money's these guys. Fine the Market for some of these guys, money's fine. What is Kazmier's contract? Is he a free agent at the end of this year? He's a free agent, so okay. I mean, and
1: he had 183 innings pitch this year with the yeah. 3.1 ERA. I mean, if three years, you know, 50 million gets it done with old Kazmier, I'd be apt to go in that direction where you're not seven years is too much of a commitment. Plus, yeah. like, like you say, it's like don't let the market you know dictate you doing something you don't want to do just because you feel okay we went in without nace last year it was horrendous but it was also kind of a tale of two seasons you know i mean the 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 era of the the pitching staff was 4.75 before the the break and after the break is 3.99 so things got better you know and things happened. like when they changed the pitching coaches there was you know improvement there you know it was just kind of a horrible you know first couple months for them but uh, yeah. I mean Estrada, I I like, but I like him probably more because it's also weakening a team in the division. You know,
0: that's true. So yeah, and he's probably gonna leave. The, I mean, I shouldn't say probably. He may very well leave there anyways. Yeah. So even if it doesn't come to Boston, he still may weaken the team by going to. Texas, you know, Anaheim. I mean, you pick your place. They
1: got to save those that money to go after Price, yeah. And then he becomes a jilted incumbent. He's like, (laughs) you know, he's like, all right, I'm going to go to the Red Sox for seven. You really, but but
0: your thing, your whole thing with David Price the whole time has been Chicago. He's going to be a Cub. I think he's going to be a Cub, but I think there's going to be
1: a lineup for him. You know, I think the Yanks are going to be in on him. I think the Sox are going to be in on him, but I wouldn't go more than five years. You know, yeah, and someone will
0: give him seven. That's the thing about Price and Cueto. And even Mike Leak, those three guys are not old They've still got a lot of good years in them But they're not young They're not reaching free agency at you know 25 Those guys are all 28, 29, 30 right. And above um, So you're not seven years You know, you get a 25 year old at free agency Or the Nationals in a very different situation Are going to come up with Bryce Harper pretty soon Well you'd give him a 75 year contract The dude's 21 years old right, right. But when you're 30 and you're a pitcher That's a different conversation you know, so so do you? Here's my question, I guess. Would you overpay in money, in dollars per year, if it meant shorter years? Would you give price? I don't know. I'm just spitballing, but would you give price twenty seven million a year for five years versus giving him, you know, twenty two million a year for seven years? Forget about the total value, the average annual value. I think I would. Yeah,
1: I I, I would do that. Uh, you know, inflate and they. Before they, lo- after they lowballed Lester, they tried to do that where he was like shorter and, and make it up on money, but they weren't going to get into the stratosphere that Chicago went in order to get him. But anyways, and I couldn't help but think in that, uh, Cubs Cardinals game one, Lester versus Lackey, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a pitchers' duel. What might have been <laughs> with our 015 season? Yeah. You know, had it been a, uh, a, a Lester Lackey, you know, Miley, E-Rod, Owens, Staff, instead of putting in Porcello and uh, Joe Kelly for those guys. Joe, hey, Joe Kelly did okay for most
0: of the season.
1: <laughs> That's a guy that I think could go in a deal. Yeah, definitely. Because he has value. I mean, he had that kind of up and down deal, which he started off horrendously, you know, kind of made his own bed by predicting a Cy Young uh, finish, but, um, but once he kind of came back off that DL stint and I forget, was he the biceps or oh, that was Pocello, I think. But, uh, but Kelly, it seemed like he just needed to get down there and get himself right, mix in more off speed stuff, and therefore making his fastball that much better. But, and he, I mean, he was doing things that hadn't been done since Pedro Martinez. I mean, that stretch of seven wins, he had an ERA under, under three, or under two for that stretch. So, uh, he, he was impressive, uh, in that that regard. And he's coming in, he's just kind of, Getting into his arbitration, is, he goes. He goes to arbitration
0: so. for 2016. So if he sticks around, he's going to get. He made what six hundred grand this year. He's going to get a big raise, but he's not going to make ten million bucks. You know, this is obviously a guy. You might pay him a couple million depending on his year. Last year, right? But that's really, really manageable for a guy if he gives you thirty starts at what he does. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty damn good. That's a guy I think that can come
1: come back and maybe win fifteen games yeah. and have an
0: ERA in the mid threes. Yeah. I mean, I like the I like the
1: guy, and so. It would be kind of, it was almost, it's almost like a sell low, sell high, like, mix up on him because he's, he's kind of low in a certain sense because he had, when you look at his season as a whole, it was kind of sad. But then he had, went on that stretch where, you know, Maybe this guy is the guy. So I think other teams are going to be looking to buy low on him and maybe not offer you what you should get for a guy that's going to be making the manageable contract that he is going to be making over the next few
0: years. And and I think overall he pitched a little bit better than his final numbers, excuse me, are going to indicate. The interesting thing to me with Dombrowski and the way that Dombrowski works in, in bringing in new guys, his guys, trades or free agency, not as, not developing players as much, although that wasn't true in Florida when he started, you know, 25 years ago. Um, but in Detroit, this certainly was bringing in free agents. The Sox, they're top 40 on the payroll. They have 11 guys who the team acquired through the draft or amateur free agency. And the other 39 were acquired via trades or or major league free Or 29 were acquired via trades or major league free agency. I'm not asking for a Cardinals, you know, system here where everybody comes up through the thing and you only occasionally go get a Brandon Moss or Matt Holiday. But... I am. Do the Sox decimate the farm system? Are you going to see Dombrowski trade away... Everybody in this very strong farm system and go for broke on getting guys who can win right now. And they're going to do what the Padres try to do and say, screw the farm and screw the future. It's time to win.
1: Well, I think what he's after is going to be a front of the line starter that's, you know, in his mid-20s that's, you know, somewhat controllable. So we can see him for a few years underneath, uh, you know, in the... uh boston climate and when they're still under a manageable number as opposed to rick porcello who comes in and he wasn't under we extended him without even seeing him throw a pitch yeah but um but so i think he's going to be going after those guys like sunny gray if billy bean feels like he's not going to sign him of the next thing tyson ross if you know aj preller wants to blow it up uh carrasco from the indians was dangled out there um you know let's uh, let's see how much they want to implode the Washington Nationals. Do they want to give us Steven Strasberg? You talk about, you know? it's
0: funny, you talk about buying low though. Sonny Gray and Carrasco That's are true. not buying low. That's true. Tyson Ross really isn't even buying low. Uh, Strasburg might be. I can agree with you on Strasburg, at least relative to the rest of that national staff. Strasburg, Strasburg is relatively a buy low guy. Mm-hmm. What about a buy low in San Diego instead of Ross? Would you take Andrew Kashner? Had an ugly win loss year, but wins and losses do not tell the story of a pitcher. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh would you would you be interested in a guy like that?
1: I like Kastner. Is he what's his contract status? I think
0: he's still under arbitration. He is. Yeah. Okay. I, I like him.
1: Um I, I the few times I have seen him pitch. You know, he's a, a lanky guy that throws hot. I like those guys.
0: That's the thing. How you just stack up guys who throw 95 miles an hour. Like, I hate to, I hate to oversimplify it. It takes right. more than that. Right. But the more these power starting arms you have, look at the better chance you have. Exactly. Look at some of these teams. Look at these, some of these playoff teams. Look at the radar gun in some of these playoff games. And I know it's so much more than the radar gun, but that's part of it. You have so many power arms you just throw out there again and again and again. Dude, God. It's, it's unbelievable. Insane. And, insane. and DeGrom, throwing and, 100. It's, it's
1: unbelievable. So, I mean, that's why you you have to get those guys, you know. I mean, that's kind of where we're heading, you know. And to, to have guys around that, you know, are throwing 91, 93, that doesn't cut the mustard anymore, you know. that's
0: Would you, in any trade, whether it's for a starting pitcher or something else, maybe something else they feel they need that we don't identify, uh, would you piece together Pablo or Hanley – With a couple prospects, with a Manuel Margot, with a Christian Vasquez. I mean, do you say, hey, we'll eat part of Hanley, but not as much as we would have because we're going to give you these two very, very good prospects too? That would
1: be, that's what they're going to have to do. If they're going to get someone to take Hanley, they're going to have to eat some money and also, you know, get them to take some of the money by washing it down with prospects. I would, I'd get rid of Margot. I th- I'm, I love bets. I think he should be our center fielder for the next 10 years. I mean, the kid's incredible. Um, but I would get rid of Margot. I, I wouldn't he- hesitate to deal him. Deavers, I'm a little bit, I I kind of like Devers, but I, w- I would pot with him. I want to keep – why anybody would even mention Betts and Bogots anymore is if you could try and get them off the Red Sox, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So those two guys – and I'd like to – I know how you think I'm <laughs> insane for this, but I'd like to go into the season with both the catches. I know Hannigan – Oh, I agree with you on that. You I know, thought
0: you were going to say Jackie Bradley Jr.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, if we could sell high on Jackie on yes. his August, yes. then by all means – I would think about that, but this guy could be the best defensive outfield that there has ever been in the game. And when you have somebody who could be the best at something, do you get rid of that? I mean, he would have to, you know, bring back that front of the line guy.
0: I, you know, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll disagree. I mean, in with a you. package, obviously. Yeah, I'll disagree but. with you top to bottom on anything good about Jackie Bradley. And you know how I feel about him, and I've made my words clear about Mister mm-hmm. JBJ. Okay, uh, but. Let's say he is the best center field defender in the history of all of baseball, which is your contention half serious. Yeah. Um, Let's... Okay, we have to identify what this team and what Major League Baseball, where it's going right now. Defense is important. Look at the Kansas City Royals last year. Um, Defense is very, very important for teams. But teams hit home runs. They play for the long ball. Nobody bunts. Nobody steals. Nobody focuses on D anymore. It's power pitchers, power hitters. So... Is his phenomenal defense so important that you wouldn't return in a hypothetical package deal a frontline power pitcher or some kind of frontline power hitter to win today? You know, I just worry that that his great defense that's wonderful, but if he doesn't hit come next July and he's hitting two oh four with two hundred strikeouts, does his defense do enough to not stand out in the lineup? Well, I mean, what. I think it does.
1: The, the reason why I'm getting a little bit alarmed on Bradley is because he is going to have those, maybe those gaps where we're just depending on his defense and we're just going to look at the other way on his hitting. But, um, that maybe we don't have the bats around to make up for that on his low stretch. Cause if Sandoval doesn't hit like he did this year, yeah. that's kind of a whole third base and first base is a circus. You know, I, I mean, initially I was like, okay let 's get somebody to take Hanley off our hands at all costs this off season, but then I looked at kind of the free agents available for like a first base? Because I don't want to just hand the keys to the castle, you know, to Travis Shaw and be like, first base is yours. I'd like to bring in a guy that puts some heat on him and maybe he's in a platoon situation. But the free agencies did not – free agent guys out there didn't really blow my skirt up.
0: Chris Davis is going to cost too much going to cost money. a ton of money. I'll give you one right now that you're not looking at, Justin Morneau. Justin Morneau. The the,
1: I, I look at him. All
0: right. I'm saying the Rockies are not going to pick up his options. Not- if they did, it would be a colossal mistake. That's a guy for like a one year deal. He'd probably make like six, seven million. He's got like a nine million dollar option. Missed a ton of time with a concussion. This year health is a concern, but for six or seven million bucks. I now, he's another left-handed hitter, mm-hmm. but phenomenal defense. Can hook a few around so, the pesky,
1: pesky pole. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I like Mornola. That, that's, the, that's the one guy, but with concussions and stuff like that, yeah. it's like the best ability is availability. And, you know, with him, the past couple of years with that concussion, it really, uh.
0: But, but to, so. to finish the JBJ thought, because it relates to this too, yeah. it sounds like you're describing in Jackie Bradley Jr., a nationally platoon player. A guy who comes in for defensive purposes, a Sean Rodriguez in Pittsburgh. A guy who comes in in the seventh inning for defensive purposes, wild card play-in game aside. You know, in an ideal world, that's when Sean Rodriguez is coming into games, right? It's that kind of thing for JBJ. Let him start once a week in, you know, platooning across the outfield, and let him come in either as a pinch runner or defensively in the seventh inning every night. Negative.
1: I think this guy can be a regular for somebody. Maybe it's not a team that is like. In the spotlight, like the Boston Red Sox or the New York Yankees, but a lesser market team should just say, Hey, listen, we're going to throw this guy in the nine hole, eight hole, whatever. And, you know, just allow him to play his defense. And, you know, the guy saves, saves games, you know, just with his defense. So even if his offense isn't there, and I know it's frustrating to look, I mean, he, he did have, he finished the, uh, the year on 11 for 80 slump, you know, so after his Ruthian August where between August 9th and September 7th, he slashed full 46... With a 489 on base and a 952 OPS, with Ooh. seven home runs in 90 plate appearances. He followed that up by going the rest of the way, slashing 138, 247 on base, 263, Ooh. with two home runs in 94 plate appearances.
0: And it averaged out to an average season.
1: 249, <laughs> baby. Wow. But, you know, if that guy can hit 240 in the Bigs, 250 in the Bigs,
0: he's worth it just you for defense. You know, I hate, every, every I hate to say this. I really hate to say this. But. You're describing a guy who might actually do well in Colorado. A guy in a very offensive environment, huge gaps. So offensively, he's going to catch a break here and there with balls that fall. And defensively, he's going to cover gaps if he's as good defensively as you believe he is. Yeah. The Rockies are going to trade some outfielders this winter.
1: maybe I hate maybe, to say it. Maybe we, go, maybe we bring over cargo. <laughs> I who knows. I hate to say it. But wow. that's,
0: that's the kind of place where he would have to fit anywhere that could that could promote his defensive strengths with a huge outfield that he can cover that few other guys can and any good hitters environment. Would he work in like a Philadelphia that's a better hitters environment or like an Arizona somewhere where he's going to the, the, the cold streaks that he's going to hit no matter what that can be softened a little bit by the fact that he plays in such a good hitters park. Yeah.
1: And, and i was thinking that these these cold streaks would be a lot easier to to swallow and stuff be where uh back in august when rusty castillo was hitting 338 for yep. august but then after that everybody just didn't throw him a fastball the rest of the way and it looks like he can't hit so i'm a little bit alarmed on him
0: i'm not worried at all on him I love him. Okay, I think he's got all the tools. I think he's incredibly young. I know you're paying him more than you would a guy his age because of that. The Cuban incredibly young,
1: he's like twenty
0: eight. I, I, well, young in, young in major league years. Yeah. He's still undeveloped sure. at the bigs. No question. Um, I like him a lot. I think he's like in that same mold as like Starling Marte in Pittsburgh. Uh, yes, C.L. Puig, not quite that good, although Puig had a down year this year, so who knows. Mm-hmm. But but that big arm, big bat, athletic guy, big guy, um, I like him a lot. Now, if he has another year next year where he proves he can't hit a curveball or he struggles a lot, well, maybe we'll look at it differently. But him, I I'm, I like Rusny Castillo a lot.
1: Okay. So, I mean, I'm I'm still kind of on board unless we get bowled away in the offseason with the deal that JBJ has to be in. with starting with that defensive outfield. You know, I do like bringing a little bit of an insurance policy in. You know how much I love Alejandro Diaz and Great he's going to be available. Great guy. If he, wants to, if he enjoyed his time in Boston that much, wants to come back and start the year as a fourth outfielder, I think we're going to get him 50 games. So no.
0: are you saying Rust, Rusty and right, uh, Betts in center, JBJ and left?
1: It's. I would say Roosney's going to be the left fielder now. And JBJ
0: and right. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. As much I wanted Castillo and right, JBJ and Senna and Betts and left. But oddly enough, that was the only pairing they did not try at the end of the year. The does, only center. Does Bradley
0: have a strong enough arm in right field to do what he needs to do? Uh,
1: Bradley? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's got a plus arm. Okay. Of all three of those guys, I think he is, well... He's, yeah, I bet he's got the best arm.
0: That's, I, um, I guess, just intuitively, I just would have imagined it's Castillo. But maybe that's because right. my preconception of him is the Puig Marte, you know, vein. Absolutely,
1: so, yeah. absolutely. And Castillo's arm's good too. Yeah. What I like about all these guys is that they don't rush it. I mean, they're quick with getting it in, but they're all very accurate, which is huge. You know, especially if you're playing left field in Fenway, where yeah. you know accuracy is the key. You're not really throwing it, you know, too far. So. But, uh, so yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, looking forward. Um, so third base, I mean, it's going to probably be Pablo next year. I mean, <sighs> otherwise we'll have to sell incredibly low and we'll just have to eat his whole contract and it'll go hit 300 for somebody next year. Yeah. So, and, and you know, I do know we talked about this a little bit, um, last week about, or I made the allegation that there is worse things to do than standing pat. You know, like going out and giving Johnny Cueto seven years, 200 million. You know, that would be bad. You know, um, but if we can get a young starter and not have to get rid of too much of the farm, then yes, we should do that. Uh, But if we just tinker with the bullpen and bring back a pretty similar roster and, you know, we have like nine guys that could take the ball, vying for like five positions, it's like... I have a pretty good feeling about it, you know, and then it gives you an idea where a little bit more of what you need if you are a contender, if you're going to be a buyer or a seller at the deadline, you know maybe you can accumulate some more assets, go after you know that uh that front line starter again the next off season or even better, you can just get to flee somebody at the deadline, you know, or
0: even better, you have Eddie Rodriguez and or Henry Owens become your own damn frontline starter boom. That's huge. that's the plan.
1: That would be huge. But here's I the think thing. Owens goes in any deal,
0: but Yeah, that's maybe uh rodriguez probably got to stay i think you got to keep him at this point i would love to he's, keep rodriguez. he's shown he's, he's but shown people are going to ask him they are but he's shown too much owens hasn't shown big league success yet not his fault he's really young he had what 10 career starts something like that i yeah. mean come on of course he hasn't hmm. but if you had to keep one of the two i think you got to keep Erod. definitely um but you look at this team as a whole so they're six games under 500 this year finished what 15 out of first place when toronto got hot um, that 's a little deceiving, Toronto had a ridiculous second half, although Boston did you know well in the second half too uh, but you take away that mid season whatever it was, losing what fifteen out of whatever slump yeah and you say okay, let's say we do average there and I know you can't go back, you know, the losses are losses. You can't go back in time. Yeah. But if they did average there, all of a sudden this is a 81 and 81-ish team and then from there you're looking to pick up how many wins for next year? Yeah. 6 7 wins and you're in the conversation. Yeah. Now six wins is a lot of wins You're going to have to make changes But you're not as far away as Arguably of all the last place teams You're probably the closest last place team in all of baseball No question So it could be a lot worse unless you say Seattle (laughs) Seattle will have a better year next year I don't know if they ended up No I guess Oakland finished in last So that's a bad example But Seattle had a bad year um, but I think you're the best of the six division last place teams. You're the closest. Now next year, could the Blue Jays and Yankees both rip off 92 win? I mean sure, I guess you know you could you could win 85 and not even be in the hunt like what happened right. in the NL Central. Sure. but I think you're closer than almost anybody else in the basement.
1: If the Jays can't retain, retain price, I see them taking
0: a step back. It depends, though. It depends who else they bring in as a starter and what they can do to retain offense. Because yeah. they've got some of these guys. They have such a great offense. But, you know, between Donaldson and Tulo, they're going to keep those guys. I think they start looking around to see if they can get rid of Encarnacion, Joey Bats, these second-level Brett Laurie, I don't know, these second-level guys who are like, hey, yeah. how many more good years do they have? Do we sell high on them to try to get a big return?
1: Well, they already lost Brett Laurie in the Josh Donaldson deal. So that right. worked out real good for them. But uh, yeah, the other guys definitely, I, I look today, Encarnación actually has a club option for, uh, 10 mil. That's a bargain.
0: That is a bargain. Oh man. But do you, then that's the thing. Do you, do you, do you put through the option? Say, hey, you're coming back whenever they have to do it in December. Yeah. And then come February 15th, they say, hey, bud, you've been traded to XYZ. We got two young pitchers. Yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah.
1: And, and who knows if you just keep him through the first half of the season, somebody needs a bat at the break. He's a go. pretty good rental bat yeah. to be able to pick up, you know, a little fragile, but you know, yeah. Erod's got to be the guy that stays in 15 of his 21 starts this year. He gave up two runs or less. Sick. Sick. And, uh, you know, Betts, uh, was seventh in the AL. I know you appreciate this in war with oh, a God. six. There you go. That's Boom. all you need. Boom. Who Who's
0: war? Baseball reference or fan graphs? Oh, man. Because <laughs> uh, you
1: know, it makes a difference. It does. It does. It does.
0: <laughs> you I, were so proud of, of uh, citing a saber metric, and I, then I came back with like a simple, yeah. you were like, damn it. <laughs> yep. Yep. I got something else for you, though. I got something else.
1: But, uh, you know, the, the bane of my existence this year, and, you know, with most teams, it, it is is the, the bullpen and mm-hmm. how, how horrible it is and just, just a little something uh they were they were 26th in ERA for the year 4.25 ooh 29th in XFIP ooh.
0: 4.36 XFIP for for folks at home if yeah. you're not from expected fielding, fielding independent, independent pitching, pitching is basically almost like ERA but they're trying to account for Park factors, so, so Fenway, how offensive of a park it is. When you go to Coors Field, your runs count differently than when you go to Marlins Park or Dodger Stadium. Right. So XFIP, for sabermetric people, is a little more indicative of a true number to put on a season than ERA. So More XFIP,
1: so than FIP? Just straight up FIP?
0: Well, well that's more so than ERA. So, so if their ERA was 26th, you said, yeah. and their XFIP is 29th, they actually pitched mm-hmm. a little bit worse than their... Basic numbers, right? That said. Right, so
1: they're also last completely last in regular FIP 4, 4.64. Behind,
0: really behind the Rockies bullpen
1: and last in F War
0: Ooh.
1: minus 1.5.
0: So, fan graphs, that's a fan graphs one. Yeah. That's so all the saber metrics have the Red Sox bullpen as being atrocious. Yes,
1: so here's how you fix it Koji and Tazawa, they stay. Yeah. But we obviously know we have been overworking these dudes for their tenure with the Red Sox. So that has to be quelled. We have to bring someone in here who's a ninth or an eighth inning guy. I'm um, looking at the free agents. How about going hard after a Tyler Clippett? That's a guy who's pitched some in the ninth, pitched some in the eighth, can come in support both those things. I like that. Another guy I like, Tony Sipp. Mm-hmm. You know, lefty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking with the Astros, I mean, you know, they have a lot of young guys there. Altuve, you know, he's probably coming up on another contract soon. They're going to want to buy out the uh, arbitration years on a Correa pretty soon yeah. and some of those guys, some of those pitches. So that might be a piece that just kind of slips away, and he's effective versus righties and lefties. I really like him. So I would like for them to go after those guys and not worry too much about the front-line starter and see how it shakes out, and then maybe, you know, There's a team that is just out there wanting to be fleeced at the deadline. That'll, that'll give us, you know, you know, a front of the line. What about, what
0: about, I got another one for you, another Rockies one, but just at the top of my head, John Axford. John Axford's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Rockies might re-sign him, but he's going to get a chance to test the market. Yeah. And he's, he's not shy about moving. He's played for a lot of different clubs already. How about John Axford for a year? He ended up he had two horrible weeks in Colorado, so his numbers are pedestrian. Yeah. But if you take away those two weeks, and I know you can't, but if you take away a couple of those outings, you got a really good reliever. Yeah. Um here's the thing about relievers too. When you're looking at relievers, when you're looking at them in the offseason, this is my thing with them, even with starters, but with relievers, when you pitch in sixty-five games take their two or three worst games of the year and throw them out right. and just say every reliever is going to have them so if we were to take away the two worst games from every free agent reliever on the list what numbers are we left with? You know, Because there's going to be a day where a reliever goes out there, gives up four hits in a row the manager says my bullpen's wasted you gotta wear it and he gives up six runs in a third of an inning right. that destroys these guys' numbers but it doesn't mean they had a bad year right. so you come away and say oh well his ERA was 3.98 that's not Dominant for a reliever will take away one or two terrible outings, and his ERA is two and a half. Yeah, it's a lot more attractive, you know. and, And again, I mean, you can't take him away, he's gonna have him, whoever it is, gonna have him next year in Boston, too. But at least you get a better idea of who the reliever is versus, oh, well, he had one bad game, screw his numbers, yeah, not worth going after.
1: Well, as long as his numbers keep his price down, that's fine. Well, you know, that's, it's the, about finding those diamonds in the rough.
0: That's and, true, too. And maybe yeah. and maybe it ends up helping you. Yeah. Well, his ERA was 4.2, so we're not going to yeah. pay 8000000 million. We'll pay five, yeah. And they're like, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Stat I like when looking for relievers is um, uh, run is stranded, you know? Yeah. And the guy who led yeah. the majors in run is stranded, guy left-handed pitch at Cesar Ramos from the Angels. Wow. So I wouldn't mind maybe going after him. He made 1.3 last year, so... Tony Sip made 2.4 last year.
0: Let's go ahead and
1: bolster this bullpen.
0: Yeah. And I I
1: think he can cure a lot of ales, you know?
0: I also think you want to look at strikeout percentage and batting average against. Do these guys miss bats? And that goes back to runner-stranded. When there's two guys on base, you come in in the eighth. You you can't always have the ground out. Sometimes you have to get the strikeout. Can you get the strikeout?
1: Right. Um, We have been kind of just looking forward all towards last year. But just to kind of put a button on this season – who was impressive? T if we had to give out like uh, you know mm. end of the year awards? Uh, Who,
0: okay, for Cy Young, or you know, Cy Red, Young Sox, of the Red Sox, Cy Young <laughs> for for Red Sox most valuable pitcher. Where we won't even denigrate the award. Thank with, you. A, with a name. Thank you. Um, God, you know, I think you're going to kill me for this one. Okay, but <sighs> Erod's close. But what if we Wade Miley? Boom.
1: We're in agreement.
0: (laughs) I mean, Wade. look, Wade Miley did. Here's the thing about Wade Miley, and it's the the bigotry of low expectations. A soft bigotry of low expectations is what I call it. But Wade Miley did not terribly. So Wade Miley, in a perfect world for a good team, is like that fourth or fifth starter who goes out every fifth day and is going to give you a chance to win, and he'll blow up occasionally or whatever. But at the end of the year, on a sub-500 last place team, he goes 11-11, and gives you two almost 200 innings. That's a really valuable season. Now, it would have been better on a winning team where he was a fifth starter just wearing it every fifth day, but uh, on this team?
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I like him. I mean, cuz he like nobody else he came as advertised yeah you know the advertisement was not that sexy he had some rough times didn't he fight with Farrell on the bench this year
0: started the year pretty badly came back ended it pretty strong Wade Miley I think you bring him in next year if you get a frontline starter or two pretty good starters and you say hey dude you're our number four number five do what you did last year again this year and life will be great
1: absolutely 193.2 innings pitched led the team obviously with that and um His ERA was 4.46, so he had some up-downs, but his FIP... 3.81, 3.81, so that so they, says that so that's he's that's the example better. Wade
0: Miley's example. He might be pitching better relative to the park he's pitching in than his ERA suggests is what that is. Mm-hmm. Also, two and a half, almost two and a half strikeouts per walk. He doesn't strike out a ton of guys, but he's not walking a lot of guys. Right. So, you know, what more do you want from a guy like that? Giving up about a hit an inning, that's pretty damn good for a starter. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're not talking about David Price here. We're not talking about Zach Greinke. We're talking about an average big league starter, I think, you know. And again, the soft bigotry of low expectations. Yeah. <laughs> but... That's what it is. Uh, who's your? Well, go ahead. Yeah, no, please go ahead. I was going to say, who's your MVP? Let's just get right to it. I know who you're well, say. Well, is there is, is
1: there a most improved award?
0: Yeah, let's do both. Let's do most improved. Okay. We'll do. <clears throat> excuse me. We'll do most improved, an MVP, and a reliever of the year. Oh boy!
1: And a biggest surprise.
0: Sure. Okay. So biggest, our, our biggest surprise and most improved different
1: uh my most improved would be bogats okay just because um you know he improved his his hitting ridiculously i mean the guy's second in the al in batting second in hits uh it looks like a bona fide superstar the the you saw a little bit of the power maybe coming towards the end of the year too which i'm really excited about and um his defense really was the big thing because he was kind of like looking like a guy that, oh, maybe this guy's going to be better as a third baseman. Yeah. And he just really took leaps and bounds. Now I would say that, you know, he's one of the top two or three defensive shortstops in the American League. Um, I, I, I love the kid. He's unbelievable.
0: He had a phenomenal season. I'd like him to walk a little bit more. I'd like him to get on base a little bit better. If you're going to hit 320 and get on base only at a 355 clip, mm-hmm. I, I mean, listen to what I'm complaining about. But you want to get on base maybe like 380 or 390 if you're going to hit 320. Right. But dude hitting 320 all year, you don't have a lot to bitch about. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: Well, I mean, you got to agree with that most improved.
0: I would agree with that. Um I think you could also, I don't know if you consider it most improved, but what about Mookie Betts just for another young guy developing every day? He overcame the concussion situation real fast, too. still played 145 games, didn't miss a lot of time didn't seem like he missed a beat on that. Um I don't think he compares to Bogarts, but I think with bets you're like that's another guy who's on the right track record to develop into a major leaguer.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's pretty much there. Yeah. I mean, uh he's my MVP, I think, you know. Wow. I mean, go with him over Ortiz cuz Poppy, I mean, it's what you expect, you know, and I was a little uh, bummed that he didn't hit for the first six weeks of the season, seven yeah. weeks of the season. But, uh, once he did, he obviously was crushing it. But we, we need him to be consistent for all through, all, all through, especially if we're going to be, uh, you know, through all six months, if we're going to be relying on young players to kind of come in and we're going to have their ups and downs. But I mean, dude, Betts was incredible. I mean, he's got a higher OPS than, uh, Bogot's. He's got more extra base hits, like 68 to 55, I think. And, uh, you know, he hit two ninety, 290, two ninety one. Yeah, with eighteen bombs, twenty one. You know, he's just kind of finding himself, but he was still almost a twenty twenty guy, and he's looking like he's going to be a perennial twenty five twenty five guy.
0: And he hit forty two doubles. Yeah, you know that's. I what about most disappointing?
1: I would have to say, Pablo.
0: Really? Yeah. I thought you might have said Mike Napoli. If a, wow. I thought, wow. Listen, my my pick for most disappointing still in the playoffs, and it's not his fault is clay Buckholz. not his fault he got injured You're, you can't be mad at him. i mean it happens that's yeah. baseball yeah. but he was throwing the ball pretty well especially relative to what the rotation ended up doing all year and they would not have made the playoffs if he were healthy and on point all year yeah. but it would have been a little bit of a different season they might have been a plus 500 team yeah. like you just with him anchoring the rotation is different than porcello's disaster year and wade miley's like you know low expectations year i it's disappointing that he missed you know what 15 18 turns in the rotation yeah
1: yeah and who would you like for like relief pitcher of the year? You
0: know, i mean isn't it obvious it's got to be it's koji it's got koji or yeah. tommy lane
1: Oh, my. No, it's Koji. Um, I don't mind seeing Tommy Lane back next year, but he is just a lefty specialist. He is righties he, rake him.
0: He did better, I think, than maybe we thought he was going to do as a lefty specialist. But no, it's Koji as reliever of the year. Hmm. Gondo was surprising considering his history, but he's nothing. He's nothing you can't replace yeah. very easily on a free agent market. He won't be. He won't yeah. be with
1: the club next year. I, I wouldn't say. But uh, okay, and how about like biggest surprised? I got to go Travis Shaw on that one. <sighs>
0: Yeah, probably Travis Shaw. Um,
1: I mean, the guy was like, his OPS was like six seventy in Pawtucket.
0: The other, one, the other one. I'll say this. Um, what about Eddie Rodriguez? Only because sure. he's he's so young. A lot of these guys, a lot of these young pitchers, there's so much pressure on these guys. There's so much focus on these guys. Every team has so and so is going to save our rotation. So and so, nineteen year old kid's a stud. He's going to throw two hundred and thirty innings a year. Very rarely do they turn out like Clayton Kershaw. you know. Very rarely do they become that guy. Or if they do, they do what Jake Arrieta did, which is take years to develop into that guy.
1: That's what I'm hoping is happening with Kelly.
0: Well, and that's the thing. And that might be what happened with Kelly. But with Erod, I'm looking at him after last year. I'm looking at him after being traded from Baltimore. And I'm saying, let's see what we got with this guy. And we went from let's see what we got with this guy to every fifth day, it's like, I know what I'm going to get. Like we, we're going to win a game today, yeah. you know, or, or like you said, we're going to give up two earned runs or less. And how many of his 20, 15, 16 of his 21 15, yeah, twenty one starts? That's 15 I mean, 21. what more, you know, that's giving your team a chance to win. And for that guy at his at this stage of his development, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's double digit wins. Exciting. I mean, the kid was killer. I mean, killer. double digit wins. I probably want to see him strike out a few more guys for who he is, but. You know, I mean, at this point, it's like the process is there, the development is there. Hopefully, he doesn't take a step back next year when teams can scout him one year better. Yeah. That's the challenge. But he can also scout hitters one year better. Yeah. Um, I, I think you've got to be pretty excited about him. You might have, next year's probably not the year, you, you still need that number one guy. But you, you, you're going to have in two or three years another number one in Erod, I think.
1: Who knows? Hopefully he'll come along. You know, it seems like these young guys have turned it on real quick. The Sonny Grays, it didn't take him two or three years. He you're was kind you're of the right pitcher, away. man. So it, we'll see. Decade
0: of the pitcher. This is the pitcher's era.
1: 2016 is going to be a lot brighter, friends, than 2015 for the Boston Red Sox. That we can agree on, I would hope. Uh, do you want to tee up your Dodgers show? or? Uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah come on are we done here is this it I think we yeah we have to, we have oh, to wrap man. it up that's it for the Red Sox this year that's it for the Red Sox season
1: I mean keep checking back if we do do these monthly updates for a little hot stove during the winter time but uh, you might have to look out for me on uh, Patriots Wrap 360
0: <laughs>
1: he's Bobby DeMuro you want to tell him where to find you on Twitter don't, don't you dare say free
0: Tom Brady ever oh, again oh boy uh, he's already free on Twitter at Bobby DeMuro uh, follow me actually because we will talk if we do these once a month Red Sox shows this is where you'll get it uh, and if you're a baseball fan if you're not already Dodgers wrap starts in about 10 minutes and we'll be doing the Dodgers throughout the playoffs so if you want to talk National League baseball with us go there
1: there you go thanks guys have a good off season. go Sox from executive producers
0: Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network